Hey, it's Sunday night, everybody. You know what time it is. It is time for Fig and Locke to talk. I'm Mr. Fig. And I'm Mr. Locke. And folks, I am super excited. We're super excited to be here tonight. We've got some great topics to talk about. First and foremost, Matthew McConaughey wants to move to Virginia Beach. Say what? Whoa. Uh, we're going to talk about our night on the town in Norfolk, which we have not been or done in a long time. A very hot minute for that. We're going to talk about 10 Cloverfield Lane. Uh, uh, yeah. Spoilers. Uh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to say it yet. We're not pulling any punches on this one. Also, Asian Lanterns. I'm going to give a little guidance to you, lo- all you lonely hearts out there that need date night. And also, uh, we're, we'll talk a little bit about the Civil War trailer, because I know Geek Wednesdays are are usually where we talk about this kind of stuff, but I'm not going to be here this Wednesday, and I think by then it'll be a little too late to discuss what we saw this week. Yep. All right, let's kick it off. So, Matthew McConaughey told Bill O'Reilly on O'Reilly Factor that he wants to move to Virginia Beach. For what purpose? Well, apparently he says the people here are real genuine and they're authentic. And unlike places like Los Angeles or apparently in his home in Texas where he feels like everyone's got an agenda or everybody has some kind of um, some kind of play for you, whereas he believes in Virginia Beach, people here are, are just down-to-earth people. I'll see if I can find the, ex- the exact quote, but... I don't know. Is that accurate? I mean, I don't know how to necessarily feel about that. Just it'd be another famous person living in Virginia Beach. I mean, fine. I would. I'm kind of surprised that Matthew McConaughey would leave like sunny California because that's be more his thing. I mean, when I think of him, I think of like seeing him train with Lance Armstrong out there running the coast and doing stuff like that. So kind of Virginia Beach. Just it's definitely your. It's it's kind of a downgrade. So I don't. I don't know. Maybe he's trying to settle down. Maybe he's tired of the hustle and bustle. I can see this guy moving out. Like, Matthew McConaughey live in Pongo or something, like, out there, owning some Lakers. Some acres, Lakers, acres, <laughs> you know, out there. I can see that. So this, is, this was his quote. He said, I like Virginia, and I like the people there. The people there are real. They're genuine, and I don't have to always question their sincerity. And I think it would be a hell of a great place to raise raise my family. So this is what... So when I hear that statement, I'll tell you some things I think are fact. I, I, I personally think this is a great place to raise a family. I'm not sure that everyone here is entirely genuine. But um, I think they're more genuine than, like, California, that's Hollywood. That's probably true. And that's probably yeah. why, like, he doesn't want his – he probably doesn't want his family or his children. I don't know if he have boys or girls, but he probably don't want them to be – fall into what they are. Because – so I think we've – and we may have had this discussion on the open, on the on the pilot episode – but Virginia Beach has different flavors. Yes. There is a very, like, Pensacola Key West flavor on Shore Drive. There's a very Melrose or uh, 90210 feel off Laskin Road and Great and you know Great Neck Road, Note Road area, First Colonial. Yeah. There's a very backwoods redneck vibe. If you, the further you go south than Pungo. To that. So... Because I, I would argue, that being said, in, where, in the area where I think he would probably most likely move to, which would be the first Colonial Cox off the water there, like where Pharrell lives and all yeah, those folks. Yeah, over there. Like those Crow, people, Crotan. I'm not sure those people are entirely genuine. <laughs> no, but a Crotan is really part, it's a really nice part of town. It is a really nice part of town. Now, I think if he were to move down to like Pungo, maybe, where it's a little more like country, a little more probably his mode, right? Cause he we, could buy a few acres and just... That, I would agree. I think that would probably be a great move for him. That's oh, where yeah. Missy Elliott's house is down in that area, too, I think, mm-hmm. right? Or her mom's. I, I want to believe so. Yeah. 
Because, I mean, that's where, like, that is, that's country down there, man. I actually took a drove, drive down there last weekend. I couldn't believe how country it is down there. Because you, you're so used to being, like, off Lynn Haven or Princess Anne or Virginia Beach Boulevard. When you get down to Pungo, man, you might as well be in a whole other world, man. Yeah, you're definitely, it feels like you're in North Carolina, but you're it still is. Virginia. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I think that's, that's interesting. I think, I think if, if I tell you, if that's not good PR for Virginia Beach, I don't know what is. I mean, that being said, though, if so we ne- where now we already have we have some celebrities that live here, but they're local celebrities. I mean, they're, 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 they're the world celebrities, celebrities. They started here. They started but, here. Yeah, they started they, here. So this is home for them. Like you know, yeah. Pharrell, Missy Elliott, Bruce Tim, Smith, Bruce Smith, uh, Timber, uh, Timberland. Um, what's his name? The guy that beat Rihanna. Uh, <laughs> Chris Brown. Chris Brown. Uh, Chris <laughs> Chris Brown. I mean, so but they all grew up in this area, uh, so. Does it, I mean, do we would Matthew McConaughey kind of kind of put it out there that this is kind of like a great place to live? Do you think it would attract more celebrities? I don't know. That's that's very toss up. That's a toss up, man. Because you're again, I'm shocked the idea he probably leave sunny California because there's I've never been to California. I have, but I would say that there's parts of California that they'd be very, very probably very comparable to Virginia Beach. Right, but the thing is, so this, you know, but, so he, he wants he just wants to get his family away. Right. But this is what I say about California. So California is beautiful, but it is expensive as hell to live out there. All man. of they California? Tax, all of California. I mean, they, they tax the hell out of everything for one thing. Uh gas prices are not are not low there. Fair. Food is ex- like food, I mean, food is not expensive because there's a lot of farmland out there, but California is no joke. Um, where Virginia, conversely, you can get this, this for the same home in California. You can get it here for probably three quarters of the price. Yeah. So I can see why he definitely want to put roots here. Not to mention a lot of studios now they're they're getting away from filming in California because it's so expensive. We, I mean, North Carolina now is a major center for filming shows. Uh, uh, what's that show? Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow. They film in Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. Uh, Dawson's Creek was filmed in North Carolina. So, I mean, he would be closer to, I mean, if, if the studios are moving out this way, I think Atlanta has become a major area for filming. It might not be a bad move for him and his family. I mean, aside from the family aspect, obviously. But, True that. True that. But, I don't know. I think that, for me, I think it's kind of cool that a celebrity, A-list celebrity would go on the airwaves and say, hey, Virginia is where, where it's at. Where I want to move to, yeah. yeah. So that's interesting. It is definitely interesting. And we'll... We'll see how Virginia plays it out. We'll see. I, I doubt it's going to be a rush of celebrities. Though. I don't. Yeah. I don't foresee that happening. But good for you, Matthew. Yeah, I think well, it's funny because I'm looking at the O'Reilly. This is the O'Reilly website where he, you know, where the report was made. And there's like a crap ton of com- like comments from locals. Like, we're here to welcome you with open arms. You should live in Sandbridge. You know, like it's it's hilarious. Sandbridge. Yeah. I can see him in Sandbridge. I could too. Actually. He seems like a beach out there. Yeah. He's buy up like he could buy half a beach out there and his. Live, yeah. It's, it's, I think it's a cool report. It's kind of a fun report to start the show off with. All right, let's get into it. Let's talk. What do you want? To, let's what we want to talk about first. Ten Cloverfield Lane. Yes. All right. Let's talk about Ten Cloverfield. Yes, Lane. we are. So we watched the movie um, opening weekend. Ten Cloverfield Lane. Ten Cloverfield Lane. You've probably heard of Cloverfield. The movie came out in the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Not sure who directed it. Did JJ direct that? Uh, I don't remember. I mean, I know he definitely produced the film. Okay, so. That movie, it dealt with the idea of a giant monster attacking a city, and it used found footage of the people of the night experiencing, running around, trying to escape this monster. Ten Cloverfield Lane, J.J. Abrams, his film that no one saw coming, he snuck under the radar. He snuck under the radar. He said, everybody, this is not a sequel. 
you know, and it's very funny that he. All right, so Matt Reeves directed Cloverfield, and J.J. Abrams produced it. Okay, it's it's very funny because not even like a couple of podcasts ago, we were just talking about that Hollywood has not had a creative idea in a, such a long time, and we're kind of just left out there wondering: Is Hollywood even trying anymore? Is everything going to be just Spider-Man, Superman, Batman? Star Wars, Star Trek, everything. You know I me. Mean? It's just going to be that, and we're just going to be stuck with it. Well, let me tell you what. This film right here, ladies and gentlemen, will kick you in the face. That's, I think that's the best way to call well, like, it. It's, well, it's very, it, it's very I, I original. Wanna, I want to quote you from the other night when we were talking about this. So as we were talking about, we debated whether or not Hollywood had original ideas anymore. And we debated that maybe the future was all nostalgia and reboots. Yes. J.J. Abrams successfully shit all over that podcast. Yes, he did. He shit all he, over it. <laughs> there is no, there is no <laughs> way around it. A big steamy dump on that podcast. You want to see originality? I'm going to give you originality. I'm giving you a whole bucket full of originality. Now, not to give away too much of the movie, guys, but to, to describe the movie based off what the trailer shows you is you see the girl. If you see the extended trailer, at least you see that there was a um, there there. The lady was in a car accident. John Goodman's character, I forgot his name, but he found her and has her trapped in his doomsday shed, like this underground house underneath his cap, underneath his farm, you know, because it's really interesting because if some of you guys ever watched the show Doomsday Prepper, used to come on Spike TV or I think it was History Channel. Yep. And that was an amazing show to watch because these are people out there in the world. And I've known, I've known actually two people that, no, there aren't Doomsday Preppers, but... They have they have bug out bags just in case something crazy happens, and they have something prepared for the what if we get taken over by terrorists or is that whatever? They have a bag with food and weapons and stuff and change of clothes and it's craziness. And John Goodman's character has this doomsday shed where if the world ends, he's gonna be in there, and he has her in there, and he's at the very beginning. Like you see on the trailer, he's telling her, like, look, I saved you. And she's like, let me leave. Like, there is no, there's no saving you. There's, there's no one to call. We're the only ones left. And the girl was like, that's crazy. She's obviously going this whole, like, dude, I'm captured. This is bullshit. You're lying. Well, for, let's talk about this for a second. And by the way, we're, we're going to have to have spoilers because there's no way to successfully really talk about. If we go to spoilers, it's going to blow the yeah. mind of everybody's we're gonna, podcast. We're gonna have, we'll, we'll, spoilers, and I'll make sure I put it in the comments that this will be a spoiler-filled cast. All right. But I don't think we can really talk about how good this movie is without kind of getting into spoilers. But first, before we get into any of that stuff, one of the things I thought the trailer did very well is that it only gave you enough to give you an idea of what the movie was about. No, the trailer made you think the movie was going one way. Yeah, but still, the trailer just gave you a very small, like, ice, very tip-of-the-iceberg look at what this movie is about. And I think the trailer even led you to believe, like, in the trailer, you see the part where she attacks him and tries to run out of the door. Yes, out of the and he's like, don't open that door, don't open they, the door, and, and they, he's The way the trailer out. plays it, it's, you think it's going to be more toward the end of the film. But it's actually more in the beginning of the film. The first film. 20 minutes of the yeah, film that happens. Which, by the way... So this film does a great job of disarming you at every turn because when you come into this film, first off, it has a very slow start to begin with. Like, I don't know, for me, I was actually starting to fall asleep uh, like in the, for over the first 15, 20 minutes of the film, but then it picks up with the attempted escape because, like you said, 
she thinks she's in danger. I mean, when you hear this guy, when you John Goodman's character is pretty unhinged. I mean, he's when you when you when you start listening to him, and if you're completely unaware of what's going on, what's actually going on outside, you know, for to have this guy come up to you and start telling you that the aliens are attacking and that the world is coming to an end and that there's a chemical biological agent in the air and that you're in my bunker. And not only that, he has some really weird ground rules for living in this bunker, He has weird too. ground rules, and there's another guy there yeah. named Emmett. No and one can, Emmett's there yeah. on his own free will. Right, and there's no physical interaction between... Like, you can't, there can't be any physical interaction between people. Uh, you only can use the restroom during certain points of the day, and he has to kind of watch you while you do it. Like, it's, it's just a very... Like, he's all, it's very weird. Um, so you can see why she would be led to believe that this is a crazy man. I need to break out of here. Spoiler alert, she goes to break out, gets to the top of the staircase, and bam, it hits you. There's a lady outside trying to get in the bunker, and her face is just mangled. It looks like it's beginning to peel off. Yeah, it's peeling off, it's blistering, and she is so desperate to get inside the bunker, she starts banging her head against the glass, she's going nuts, and right from there, and you just you can't take your eyes off this scene, by the way. It, it just really captures you, and it, and now you're like, Holy shit. He was right. Yeah, he's right. There is something going on. This is no joke. So that kind of lures you in now because now you're – and what, what what's worse is it goes on to disarm you even further because now she – one of the reasons she believes, is led to believe that this guy's crazy is she realizes that he's the guy – she realizes he's the one that ran her off the road in the beginning, uh, which caused the accident. He later admits it, and that's, that's something else. And that's the, one of the, another disarming point because now, after she's attempted the, the escape, and she and she realizes that this is real, he comes down, talks to her, and then confesses to her that I'm the one that ran you off the road. I was freaking out. I didn't panicked, mean to, and I saved your life. Yeah. So now, and then they go to this montage of everyone's getting along now. Everyone is together. They're all. Uh, playing games together. They're watching movies. They're, they're, a fa- they're, a, they're a happy family for the most part, but that's when the next part hits you that catches you off guard. And it, it throws you off because the next part happens. It's a minor situation where their air duct that produces air in there is jammed. Right. And the only person that can fit in there is her. And he's like, you got to go in there and fix it for us, all right? And she's like, she's reluctant, but she does it anyway, and it's all cool. She goes in this room, and as soon as she comes in there, you automatically are feeling like something's not right because she hits the gr- when her feet touch the ground. There's bullet shells on the ground, and you're kind of like, "All right, that was weird." And then she's in there, and it's, it's like a storage room. Yep. Which it doesn't. It's really weird. It looks like the storage room is only accessed from the outside, and she she fixes the thing, and the air is on, and everything's just fine. And then she's like, she looks up, and there's like a like a window. Where she got to see outside and she sees like blue sky and there's birds flying and she's kind of like, what? And so she climbs up there and she notices the glass has like a scratch on it and she opens it up a little bit more and it says help. But it's written help from the inside. Right. So like somebody was trying to escape there and couldn't get out but there's no body either. Right, exactly. And then, so, spoilers. John Goodman's character throughout the, sh- the the movie it keeps referring to a daughter he had named Maggie, and how you know uh, his wife and st- took her away from him. They got divorced. She took him away from her away from him and moved to Chicago. But he, throughout the movie, he referenced you know you remind me of Maggie. You know the, the clothes that the girl is wearing apparently belong to Maggie. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, he even yep. shows her a picture, and like it's a really heartwarming thing because you really begin to empathize with this guy. You know, you think that hey, this you know, is he's he's a little crazy, but yeah. he means well. Yeah, he means well. He's a former. Apparently, he's a retired Navy vet. He knows he's been working around ships. That's why he's able to kind of do all this. stuff. Understand the hole and get, making things secure and right. this, that. So he understands all that. So, uh, so she discovers this help me, and she finds this earring with blood on it, and it's the earring from the girl that she. Sh- it's, it's Maggie's earring. From the picture that he showed her, so she's beginning to think that something happened to hit Maggie in the in the bunker. Well, we find out later, spoilers, that when she, when when Maggie, the the girl in the photo who he refers to as Maggie, is actually another girl that was friends with the other guy in the Some bunker, girl named Brittany. Brittany from that they knew, that he knew in high school that went missing a year ago. So now it's like, oh crap, they're trapped inside this bunker with a crazy man who kidnaps. And kills girls, and apparently. Kills girls. This guy's a serial killer, actually. Yeah. and But he's a serial killer doomsday prepper, which is awkward. So now they're realizing that they'll have to find a way to get out. And the girl, the main character, I forgot her name, but she realizes, which she likes making clothes. So she's like, well, I could go ahead and I can make one suit to get out of here. I could do this. You know, so her and Emmett, there's they're living kind of, but you could tell they're they're doing stuff in the background, right? And they're just trying to make things happen. Yep. And they're trying to make this suit, and they're the suit's almost done, and the suit's practically done. Then, and then, it happens. They get busted. Yeah. He finds scissors. He finds the tape, and he's like, got some cornered, but he like he tells him like, here, come here. And you always wonder where does the trash go? Well, the trash goes. He has this big batch of acid that he puts stuff in it and it just de- deteriorates everything with no fumes no nothing no waste and that's how he's able to get rid of it. i was wondering how he's getting rid of trash yeah, yeah yeah you know what i mean and that's how he was getting rid of trash you know and he told him flat out hey who who is it who is it who's the one that did this and emmett being the stand-up guy which emmett you throughout the movie you start beginning to like him because he's just a normal guy that Never really thought too much of himself. Right. And he saw earlier in the film when she was like, what's going on? What do you mean? What's happening out there? He's like, I saw this big flash of light, and I just ran. Right. And I worked my way in here, and I have to kind of do what he tells me to do before I can stay down here. Yeah. Because he wasn't trying to let me in. So it's like, he apparently he's not, he knows him because he helped build that place, but he's not friends with him. And he's like, look, man, I'll just do what I got to do stay here. Because I want to be safe. Right. You know? And then it happens. Emmett says it's his, he, his fault, reason why it's happening. And Emmett was trying to turn away. And then, again, we're all disarmed. Yeah, because he, uh, cause he says, because Goodman is like, you apologize to me? I accept your apology. And then shoots him point blank right In there. the head. You're like, yeah. holy smokes. And he just catches you off guard. Now, I don't want to spoil any more of the film at this point because that's not, none of what we told you is the best part of this film. And... Because the the best part of this film occurs in the last 15, 15 minutes. minutes of the movie, and you cannot take your eyes off what's happening. Let me tell you something, all right? I'm giving no spoilers on this, but the last 15 minutes is one mind fuck. You're watching it, and again, this movie is telling you it's one certain way. And eventually, eventually she does make it out. And then the events that happen when she gets out, the movie theater, when we went to see the movie around 7.55 on Friday, it wasn't that packed. I would say about 40% full. Right. But that 40% of full in there, you can hear a pin drop. 
Oh, it was it was so quiet. We were so, so quiet, quiet at that point because it was literally like, who cares what's it, happening right people, now? You were zoomed the, in. What's the, happening? The air was sucked out of that room because everyone was just like, <gasps> everything that's happening, and yeah. it's, you can't. And I I can explain it to you right now, and you'd be like, that's crazy. Yeah, and I think what's funny too is I think at the end of at the end of the entire sequence, including myself, everybody kind of just did this. What the. F- because you know you don't know what you're looking at really it's just kind of like what happened and so i think what this, this movie has done is they have managed to cram every style of th- i'm not gonna say horror but thriller genre is named fantasy mystery right oh that's true yeah it is. <laughs> yeah but it's they managed to jam every type of thriller into one film successfully too like it didn't none of it it didn't feel forced it didn't feel nope. It it felt it all worked surprisingly it all really worked, um, and I can't I would I love I would love to sum it all up but I don't want to spoil any of the surprises. I mean you may think I've we've spoiled a lot of it to the extent already but I'm telling you we've really saved the the best for last. So it, it's I'm absolutely you, go see this movie. Yeah, it's definitely a must watch. I would arguably say in the last ten years it has one of the better twist endings. Oh, hands down. It, it, I've seen the last ten years. It's, I mean, this is. I would actually argue it's probably better than anything I've seen out of Shyamalan in a long time. Yes, um, and and like, and if you don't believe us, some of the ratings you see on there, if you guys keep with your movies, um, IMDb gave it a seven point nine out of ten. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a ninety percent of a hundred. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. strong. Yeah, you know, a Metacritic gave it eighty percent. Mm-hmm. So we're not just plugging it and saying like, oh, it's a great movie, we like it. Woo! It is. It's good. It's pretty freaking now, legit. Again, bear with me because it is. It is a very. It you pass the first fifteen take. minutes, man. It, but I'll, I will say this: the, the movie, it it ramps. It, it has a good. Ramp it starts up. escalating it's, up. It's, it's every moment gets you. This ramps you up further, further to this like, major ending that you don't want to miss. You don't want to miss it, and then it feels like I'm waiting for the news when JJ says there will be a sequel. Yeah. Because she, yeah, well, damn, I don't, we can't say no, that. No, 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 we're not going to say that. I'm not saying anymore. I'm not saying anymore, but yeah, I'm yeah. telling you, the ending, based off everything's happening, yeah. there's going to be a sequel to what's happening to that situation out there, and you're going to be like, holy crap, JJ has made his own little franchise if he did. Yeah. You know what I mean? On I the low. Is, I think when, when this is all said and done, however the next movie turns out, they'll probably call this the Cloverfield. Not trilogy, because they they're not linked. They're not linked. But maybe the Cloverfield Collection, because. I think when this movie came out, everyone thought that it was going to be a sequel, more or less not necessarily a direct sequel. But, but he said it wasn't. It's not. But it's in fact, I mean, it has the same flavors of Cloverfield, but it is it is not. The movies aren't the same. They're not the same. They're but, not. No, no. It's Cloverfield's, and you and then you see a little cheesy thing where like you see a mailbox's ten Cloverfield Lane. Oh, great! That's where the place takes right. place. But fantastic. It's, yeah, but it's not. No, you're right. It's it's nothing. It's nothing like it. Nothing and then, like, like JJ, he like I said, he JJ probably made his own little thing, and it's and kudos. We, you never know. Maybe the third film will link the two. Who knows? Maybe because craziness. Cause may, maybe they're the same in the same world, kind of. Like maybe what happened in Cloverfield happened in New York, and but this happened, happens oh, in another area. But what happened they, in New York happened back in 2006. Right. Well, that's what I'm this saying. This is more well, now. Yeah, I'd love to. Dis- I don't want to spoil the ending, so I would love to discuss how I think they could relate them together. But I don't want to spoil the ending. I guess maybe like the events happen, and they just don't. The events of Cloverfield of the 06 movie happen in the world, and everybody's kind of trying to move on from it. 
Right. And then what happens at the end of the movie, it's some of the repercussions of what happened in 06, you're thinking? Could be. I don't know. Well, we'll you know what? We'll wait. Let's give it a week, give people a chance to see the movie. Yes. And we'll come back. We'll revisit. Plus, it's a must-see, though. Two two thumbs up. Yeah, go. I highly encourage. If you've got nothing to do, better to do, go see this movie. If you got... No, you need to make it. It's a must-watch. <laughs> you got to get it. Go out and Watch see. it before Batman Superman comes out. Please. Yeah. That's your must-watch movie. See this movie. See this film. It's good. Don't don't watch. And, you know, don't watch funny? Big Fat I, Greek Wedding too. Yeah, go yeah. see that. I, I was I was, t- I was telling Mr. Locke when we were there. I said, you know, this the theater was pretty empty for a 7:55 showing on opening night. It was or opening weekend, and I think this is gonna be the kind of movie that will. It isn't. It won't make a lot of money this weekend, but I think subsequent weekends from now up until BVS, yeah, you're gonna see it kind of stay ranked like number two, yeah, number three. It's I, gonna people are I, gonna start watching. I think it. it's gonna pick up until BVS comes out. This movie's gonna. It's, I think it's. Gonna it won't pick be up. number one. I don't think it was number one this weekend. Uh, I wonder who. Well, we won't know till Monday. Yeah, but um, I don't think it'll be number one this weekend. I, I think, even I, based on what we saw. Well, but what else could it, take the number one spot? I mean, or the that, weekend. I, mean, I don't know what else came out this weekend. Unless it's going to be, it ain't gonna, I can tell you right now, it's not going to be whiskey. It's not going to be. It's not going to be behind Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. I don't think, and I don't think they'll be behind uh, London Has Fallen. Uh, but I mean, unless Deadpool's going strong again Jesus. after three or what, like four weeks now. And it sure as hell being Lords of Egypt. So, oh God, yeah, that that. Ugh. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about something else. Uh, we went up for a night in Norfolk, which we haven't hung out in Norfolk in a really long time. We kind of felt like. Well, there was well, for one thing, we were trying to catch the uh, Ghent Green of Ghent, Ghent, which, if you're unfamiliar, the Green of Ghent is their like St. Paddy's Day celebration that they do out there off off of Collie Avenue. So we thought we were going to try to catch that. We missed it. Yeah, <laughs> apparently we did. We missed it. But no, no, uh, when it comes down to it, though, we pretty we kind of owe it to our listeners because we talk a lot about Virginia Beach. We're trying to be representative of the 757, right? And we haven't, we just we don't get out there very often, so. We want to get out to Norfolk, see what's going on, see how th- if how things have changed, how things have changed, or or if um, how, if they're still the same. That being said, I don't, what did you think? It's well, Kent. Yeah. It's Kent. <laughs> so let's, let's start. so it's we Kent. got there. We got there around ten o'clock. Yeah. And we've after driving forever trying to find a place to park, uh, we finally found a place to park. Headed down to Collie, and we had just missed all the major events, but. There was still a lot going on. Uh, oh no, there yeah. was drunkards everywhere, man. Oh, like yeah. it, apparently, the festivities was the real deal. Like they it looked like they blocked off a good part of Kali Yeah, they blocked it off, yeah. and so you couldn't drive down the road because I guess they had those festivities were. And at ten o'clock when we got there, it looked like an absolute war zone. It there sure was did. Cups, beer cans. It was a strong vomit. smell of like vomit and <laughs> beer. It was a bad situation out there, and like, I'm not sure if you guys know what it feels like. To, like, you know that feeling when you're everybody's drunk and you're sober. You get to the party, you get to the house party late, and everybody already partied really hard, and everybody's kind of like they're in that coasting phase. That's where we were at. That's where everybody was at. Everybody was coasting, or some because we were every place we're going into, people were yelling, they were screaming. I mean, it was ridiculous. Ghent, I'm gonna have to give you a thumbs down. On the bartenders down there with the lack of service. Yeah, so let's let's try to recap where we tried to go. So we tried going to, and I'm gonna need to pull some of these up because I don't remember all their names. But we we tried first we tried going to Red Dogs, which we'd been to before in the past. Yeah, and is a is a pretty good uh, bar. We nice bought, Red Dogs. Yeah, 
but <clears throat> so we tried to get there and we we're about to walk in and we realized there's a line. There's a long line. There's a long line to get in. Ten o'clock at night. I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm I'm 34 years old. I don't wait in lines to get into a bar anymore. Get to a bar. No. It ain't happening. Not happening. No. Not anymore. So then from there we go. We try to go to like that. It was a cantina. Yeah, what? it was a Kali Cantina. Yeah, is where we tried going next, and there was a decent crowd in there. I mean, it didn't look too busy. So, and but apparently the doorman was having a bad night because he was doorman was twitchy. Yeah, he was a little. That's a little, the best way to say irritable, it. A little irritable. <laughs> uh, you know, and I even made him. I said, "Hey, man, you having a rough night?" And he says, "Well, you know, anytime we have a special event, all the idiots come out." I'm like, "Well, those idiots are kind of paying your paying your salary, buddy." These are these. Are, that's your clientele here. Yeah. So we go in and. A decent crowd, but again, hard to get to the bar. Uh, no one seemed to pay us any attention when we got when we got in there, which is kind of unfortunate because I, I, of all the places that we did stop on Kali, that was probably the, our best, the one place where we probably could have gotten a drink if someone had actually just said, what do you guys need? Because there was space at the bar, or at least sp- a little space bit. There was a little bit of room. To get in, at least get to your drink, and yes. then step back, and then whatever. But again, uh, no service, no one paying attention. Again, and, uh, so we just kind of turned around, and went out the other way, walked down one more to. I can't remember the name of it. It's Tap It Something. Uh, I'm gonna pull it up here. Tap It. Is it called Tap It? No, uh, it's not Tap It. Tap It. We went Tap It later. No, that was the last place we went no, tonight. There's Tap It where we went to, but then it had. Yeah. It's like, oh man. We went Tap It later. We um. It starts with a P. Tap, tap is in the name. I could have swore. It was. It, it starts with a P. No, you're thinking of public house. And it wasn't. It wasn't well, public. Public house. house. It was wall to wall people. At public house. Oh, that sure was. It was people just like crawling over each other. At public house. It was. It was pretty bad. Nevertheless, with that, you have. We went there, and um, long story short, service was not happening in there either. Yeah. You know, bartenders. They were just stuck on one side of the bar. You know, I mean, it's just what it is. I mean, they had a major event. We getting drinks down there was hard to do, and we weren't going to sweat it. And I mean, it's hard for me to badmouth the place because I mean, I couldn't get any service. Even Kelly's Tavern was busy as well. Yeah, Ke- Kelly's Tavern was crazy. I can't find it. Sounds yeah, it's not even on the map. But so I mean, either way, I mean, uh, I've, I've eaten. There. I had lunch there once before with uh, my wife. The food was good. But yeah, definitely. Again, there was no room at the bar. No way we were going to get to the a bartender. It was really kind of unfortunate. So from there, we just kind of I think we just kind of gave up at that point. But we did. I mean, I will, I will say this: if um, Colley Avenue, obviously, is for a certain type of clientele. It's right near ODU. Most of the people that live down there are ODU students or have gone for or EVMS students. It is. I mean, it's a young college professional crowd. Uh, I know a lot of. Uh, the na- a lot of officers from Norfolk NOB like to go down there. It's a it's a spot for them. So if you're young, you're young in your twenties, kind of a hipster on top of it. It's it, oh, like that coffee shop we went inside. Yeah, that definitely like <laughs> that coffee shop went inside. Yeah, uh, it's it, it's a good. No, 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 we're not brushing over that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's right. No, we're not. The, we went inside this coffee shop, okay, and it's definitely you know, Mister Figs was like, look, I need a shot of espresso to keep it moving. You know, I I'm sure like, did he have a shot of espresso to keep moving? So I'm like, whatever. You know, and he goes get a shot. He orders a shot of espresso to go use the bathroom. So I'm just chilling. To my right, on a Saturday night, there was one guy by himself playing on his phone off to the side. And then there was five people playing apples and apples on a table right there. And 
it had one of the most like it felt there was tension icy a little icy for like no reason like i was just sitting i was staying there and he kind of looked at me like what are you doing here yeah and i kind of gave him look like the fuck are you guys dude, doing? Man, your, your commercialism, dude. You're wearing, you know, commercial shoes. You're wearing a commercial outfit. They're trendy. They're thrift store shoppers. They're, you know, they're... It's a goddamn Saturday night on, 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 on Ghent, and they're playing apples and apples. <laughs> Five of them. It was not a group of people like a house party. You're, you're, the, you're the man. <laughs> you know I mean? That little coffee shop, you can tell it's definitely... Um, it's been featured in the pilot. I've seen a couple has, ad- yeah. articles on it. Good. And, you know, it's... <laughs> So, I mean, it's a very popular place, a little hangout spot, I guess. I mean, it has one room full of board games and a bunch of random chairs. I mean, all types of different well, chairs. I, I think it's just what it boils down to. It's just not a hard type of crowd. <laughs> I mean, I, I just, I never, I haven't felt like, I felt judged. And I looked at yeah, them and I was like, dude, yeah. if one of you guys come out sideways with me, it's going to be issue tonight. <laughs> so, nevertheless, we, we left again. Yeah, we, we made our way down to Granby Street. You know, yeah. We used to party Granby Street heavy in the 2000s. When it was still a clubbing situation right. down there, I, I got to say, man, Granby broke my heart, dude. Like, there's very little, in my opinion, very little, or very, I'm not gonna say little to do, but nothing that really captured my interest. Uh, there's that new place, Whiskey Barrel, or. Barrel bar. Yeah, 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 yeah. It used, like, used to be Fahrenheit. It used to be Fahrenheit. That looked like that could be kind of cool, but Scotty Quicks. This is the same old Scotty. Same old Quicks. Same old Baxters. 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 Uh, you know. Um, there's still the Grammy Street Theater. Grammy Street Theater there. had Duwale. Yeah. Singer, R&B singer Duwale here this last Saturday. Well, maybe we're just getting too old for Grammy Street because, again, no, a lot of it was because I'm not doing Duwale. But... I will say what I did. So we went. Let's talk about where we went. So we finally we parked the car and we actually went to Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. Which Hell's Kitchen never changes. You know, and that's the first time I've actually been inside. Really? Yeah. I've been there a number of times because a lot of the guys in the squadron. My first, my first job, uh, I like to go there quite a bit. So we went in there a lot. Um. So I, in fact, watching the pictures on the wall, you know, because they have the the TV with the different pictures. Mm-hmm. I recognize a lot of the people in the pictures because I was there so often, not all the time, but often enough. But Hell's Kitchen doesn't change. I mean, it's the same. I liked it. I mean, yeah. I won't mind. Hell's Kitchen looked cool. I mean, they had like they had the kitchen fully open. We were around that time. We were there. It's like eleven around eleven. Some change. You know, they had a kitchen open, and people were still ordering like look like crab dip. I was seeing some pizzas come out the place. The bartenders, they're pretty. Their service was on point. Yeah, they were oh, no, always. Yeah, yeah. They're always looking for like, hey, who needs a drink? Who needs a drink? Mm-hmm. And they're about it. Which is cool. So I mean, I think if you know, if I ever find myself at Ghent, I, I wouldn't mind going back. Grammy, you know, Granby. Well, you know, yeah. and you know what? I gotta say, it's refreshing to hear it from a different set of eyes. I guess because I've been there so many times that for me, actually, I will say this: it, I, it was comforting to go back to Hell's Kitchen and know it hadn't changed. Like something, I felt, I felt, something should stay away the yard. Yeah, I actually felt nostalgic for it a little bit because. Time Lounge, which was one of our favorites, is gone. <sighs> Wonder Bar's gone. Wonder Bar's gone. Mo O'Malley's is gone. Yeah. A lot of places that I used to call, not home, but places I used to frequent, frequent. Oh, down time. there all yeah, the time gone. are gone. So the fact that Hell's Kitchen is still there, actually there was something oddly comforting about it. So I, if I sound negative, I don't mean to. I guess I guess maybe because I would ho- I hoped that maybe maybe it would have changed a little bit, but then at the same time, it's comforting to know that it hasn't changed. It's still... 
It's still Hell's Kitchen. It's, it's and this where like I guess it fell into our podcast we had a while ago, saying that now the making our own these breweries propping up yeah. is a new hot thing now. It is, and yeah. that's what everybody pin their money into so they can make continuous income by selling bottles of beer, right? And having people come there to drink their beer and like that instead of opening these bars like Fahrenheit used to be open, and then. Um, I forgot what it was called. It wasn't, it wasn't called Angel. It was called something else. But it was right there. I mean, they had... Um, before it was Kelly's Tavern, it was called um, Backstage Cafe. Yeah, there was Velvet. Yeah, Velvet. There it is. Velvet. Velvet. I yeah. loved Velvet. Yeah. Velvet had one of the best setups of a nightclub. I, I enjoyed it. Because yeah, you go inside, yeah. you had the DJ, you had upstairs, VIP area, you had downstairs, you had a little bar area. And then you keep going to the back. They have a little kitchen area, little tables. You can sit and chill. And they had an outside area. So if people, they want to smoke a cigarette, I think I sit directly outside. But they're, like, inside a little, like, box area that's outside. That's actually not too bad. It kind of reminds me of, like, New York yeah. and whatever. So I, I love the setup of yeah. that place. Now, just, now it's, it's – All places are gone. It's actually – what it used to be Velvet. I forget the name of it now. But it's actually a pretty good restaurant. Um, my wife and I went there a, long, a while back. And then we drove by the tomb, you know. Yeah. And and that's that depresses me when I drive by it too. I mean, yeah, you're saying it's remodeling; it's coming. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hold faith that it's going to be remodeled and it'll be better. You know what I mean? But well, Waterside needs to come back, and it, I think it will. I think deal. it will. But I mean, so Hell's Kitchen, good to go. We actually had a really good time there. Had a few drinks. Yes. Now I think I was ready. The only reason I want to leave is there were some guys there that were getting a little rowdy. And I was at the point where I'm thinking... You like all the touchy-feely, man? No. They were touching on each other? Yeah. The one guy, like, he was about to kiss his homeboy? Yeah. And then I, I was getting... The more and more the ride they got, the more and more that I, I began to think that a beer was going to end up on me at some point. So I was, <laughs> I was pretty much ready to leave at that. Fair enough. But from there, we went down to Tap It. Yes. Which we lo- I think we both really liked that I place. liked it. It's yeah. not bad. It reminds me of... an. It reminds me of AJ Gators on Laskin Road. Well, it should because it used to be an AJ. Ga- it used to be an AJ Gators. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why when I looked at like it reminds me of that. Um, but they feature local beers, a lot of local beers, a yeah. lot of local yeah. beers. I mean, you've got O'Connor, Smartmouth, Hardywood. Uh, what else? Jeez, even more than that. There yeah. were so many all the way up through Richmond. I mean, it was crazy. It so you have a lot of local beers in there and. Yeah, the music wasn't bad. Like they had a little band playing there upstairs. They had pool tables and yep. that. So it, that's a nice little hangout spot. So I mean, if I found myself back on Grammy Street, I'd probably find my way there right. first. Now across the street from there, there's a new brewery going in. Anchor Brewery is going in across yes. the street, and that looks like it could be a lot of fun. And where um, O'Malley's, they're opening a new place. Yes, where yeah. O'Malley's is to be. Yeah, and you know, to be fair, maybe in the future we'll go back down there and we'll try getting back into Grammy Street Theater. Maybe we'll have a better taste in our mouth. I think a lot of it, I think for us at this point, there was just a lot of change, not necessarily for the better. I mean, Grammy Street Pizza wasn't even open past 10 o'clock. Jesus Christ. Anyone who know, anyone that used to hang out on Grammy Street in the early 2000s knew that you went to, like, you finished your nighttime lounge, and then you rolled down, you rolled down two or three stores, and you hit Grammy Street Pizza, and got your, and that's where the mingling continued, because yeah. the line, you literally went from time lounge Right down into to another Grammy, line in the Grammy, Grammy Street Pizza, Grammy Street, yeah. Because time tried time would sold their sold their own pizza there too, right? Which was okay, it was all right. But Grammy Street Pizza still is the yeah. Best. If you're sitting so there you and you're down, you're and drunk, then, you want to get that beer before you get back in your car. Yeah. There it was, and I mean that was a great place like to like, sweep up because there were all kinds of <laughs> all the hot girls were still there too, and like it was legit. But I couldn't believe it. we walked by there and I was like, we were walking by. It's, it's like eleven something in the yeah, which we see the, to me is a bad sign. It means that the nightlife. Must have come to a complete stop. 
If if you if you if you know if you can't make money after ten o'clock anymore, that's an indication that on a Friday is, night, yeah, it must come to a stop. This is dead, and you're like now maybe Saturday night it blows up a little bit better. I don't know. I don't know, man. That's bad signs. But so in a nutshell, that was our night down in Norfolk. I think I don't know if, if I had a radar experience on a scale of one to ten, I'd give it maybe a six. I mean, maybe it's just because we didn't catch the full greening again. I'm, I'm gonna caveat it with we didn't catch the full greening again, which could be part of it. At the same time, I don't know. I'm at a point now in my life where I'm a little bit over lines. I'm over crowds. I like a good, comfortable crowd, but I don't want to have to fight my way to the bar. That's the reason why I never go to Keegan's at Town Center. Because you can never Jesus. get to the fucking bar at Keegan's at Town Center. Yeah, Keegan's is a no-go. Yeah. So, all right, let's uh, move on to a different topic. Actually, there's one more. There's one topic I, I, we don't, I did not mention I'd like to talk uh, briefly about. I went to Zoe's last night. Zoe's Kitchen? Yeah, the one down in, in the Vibe District that I, you know... Oh, Zoe's. Not Zoe's, Zoe's Kitchen. No, no not Zoe's, Zoe's Kitchen. But Zoe's. Zoe's. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, hands down, probably the best... Actually, no. Hands down, the best uh, rack of lamb I've ever tasted. The best. The best. So, Zoe's, when you first see it from the outside, it has like this very 80s retro kind of art deco look to it. Because it's got the neon sign and the building is the building is out of, clearly out of the '80s itself, but when you get inside, extremely cozy, very like uh, how does not um, I'm trying to think uh, best way to describe it. Many leather bound books and the place smells of rich mahogany. <laughs> if, that, if that can capture the essence well. of it, but it is a very cozy environment. I mean, very classical decor. Um, like almost like going to a fine hotel, you know, like a fine hotel, very classical uh, uh, decor, you know, the old wooden, red wooden, oak wooden bar, you know, uh, so a very classical, very classical feel, kind of like you're going to a gentle, like when I say a gentleman's club, not a strip club, but like a gentleman's club where you would smoke cigars and have, you know, you know, or and have drinks, like a country but, club type thing, right? Exactly. So a very classical look, very cozy. Um, and I'll tell you right now, the service was phenomenal. It makes you feel – they make you feel at home. Uh, the bartender – you know, you know, I go out by myself a lot right now because my wife, unfortunately, is not here. But I go out by myself a lot, and I sit at the bar. And the bartenders are polite. They're cordial. But the bartender there, Shannon, and she, I, I gave her our podcast. I hope she's listening. Shannon really went out of her way to make me feel welcome there. Uh, she was absolutely great. A very class, like I mean, if you if I had to compare to a bartender, it'd be like a bartender out of Cheers, like someone that wants you to be there, makes you feel welcome. You know, I was like spot on with the service, just fantastic. And then there was the food, lots of items on the menu. Uh, I had a starter, I had the oysters, which they had they had put some kind of like um, it was like a lemon ginger like sauce on the oyster. I didn't care for that too much. So I would say the oysters were okay, but the meal out of this world. The lamb, the rack of lamb was so good. It had I I I don't know what they rubbed on it, but I think it had a hint of brown sugar because it'd hit you with the saltiness and the and the, when you take a bite into it, and it was so tender on top of it, so well prepared. And then it hit you with a little sweetness at the back end of it. it was so good. And then the uh, I had as a side, I had their blue their blue crab mac and cheese. Oh my god, dude! Every bite was just so amazing, and the dessert 
I did their their centerpiece dessert. It's called uh, for experts only or something like that. It was okay. Uh, I liked it very good, but I got, uh, I liked it all right. But the main course was out of the world, and the service was fantastic. The drinks, plenty of drinks, lots of wine, everything you could possibly ask for. Price. Price. Uh, for a total meal, now I did a full three-course meal, two glasses of wine. Uh, I, my total came to $94. So not bad. Not bad. I didn't think – not bad at all. And one of the bartenders there, too, used to be a bartender at Burton's. I immediately recognized her. Okay. I don't know her name, but I recognized her when she came in. But uh, – Again, uh, Shannon, if you're listening, or any of your any of your fellow uh, servers over there at Zoe's, your guys are top notch. Keep doing what you're doing because I'm coming back. I'm bringing my wife when she's in town. It's a fantastic spot. Okay, I gotta check that out. Yeah, definitely get there. All right, let's talk a little bit about um, continuing in the vein of Norfolk to some extent. There's a, right now there's a major event going on in the botanical gardens in Norfolk called Asian Lanterns. All right, guys. I don't claim to be an expert in romance, but right now, get yourself a date. Go down there at like 6.30. It's 20 bucks a ticket. Get in. Take your girl and go for a night. Or actually, start off with it. Start off with dinner at Zoe's. <laughs> Drive down to the Botanical Gardens. Bring a date. And stroll the gardens and check out this these displays. How late is it open? It's late and open until 9.00. It's open, open until nine, but I mean it's open all. It's open during the day too, but right. it's a lantern exhibit. It's lantern you want to see it when it's lit. Right. Up. So I think the key time would be trying to get there at eight o'clock. Yeah. Well, is daylight savings now? Daylight it, savings it, just it hit. It, we we got there. We left the house here at six thirty, and we started. We we hit it about seven o'clock, and the sun was going down at that point. So it was. You can really start to enjoy it at that point, and it gives you enough time to really enjoy it and not feel rushed uh, going through because it's about a mile. It's a mile walk. Uh, to enjoy it, but absolutely breathtaking. I mean, uh, apparently this is a this is an exhibit that travels, um, and apparently we got very lucky having this here in Norfolk, and it's a great date night thing. So, like my when my wife comes to visit here very shortly, I'm definitely taking her. Um, you got to check it out. It's something you got to see because it's only going to be here. Who knows if it'll, if it'll ever come back? And it, it, they, each display captures. A different region of Asia, for the most part, and we're talking huge displays. They have this ginormous orange, orange dragon. That thing must span almost a football field. It's Jesus. pretty close. Jesus. It's, it's huge. Wow. Uh, they even like they have this one display there. It's like three dragons, and they're made out of like tiny bottles filled with like different colored liquid. So it looks like a, they look like a chandelier. Like it just absolutely. The detail is out of this world just just go check this out like there virginia beach very does not very i'd say one average about maybe once or twice a year gets a major cultural thing you should check out this is that maybe one of those major cultural things that you have to check out okay good stuff yeah all, all right, right folks let's ra- let's wrap up tonight's uh, podcast talking about the civil war trailer the new civil war trailer popped this week and the biggest, we saw a lot of new footage, and we got to see Spider-Man for the first time. So, now I know you necessarily were not that excited about Civil War from the get-go. No, I have been excited about Civil War since the very beginning, since the trailer first came out and debuted. You said that this new trailer may have kind of changed your perspective a little bit. I would say, when I'm watching the trailer, all the way up to that very last second of the trailer... 
I was getting very engrossed in what's happening. And what made me fall into it was the idea of the introduction of um, crossbones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can see crossbones. You see crossbones in it. Um, Black Panther. Yep. Which looks badass. Oh. You know, they're... You see gunshots shoot him. His his armor's his like his cat suit is bulletproof. Mm-hmm. He has his claws. He's like you see Bucky driving away on his motorcycle and he's chasing after him. He chases him down and like knocks him off his motorcycle. He he runs him down, which is amazing to see. You know, and you're seeing the whole conflict a little bit more of the Tony Stark and Captain America. You know, and you're beginning to wonder like, well, how is this? If you don't understand it, why would the why would Captain America, based off the old ones, of the old trailers, I mean, be attacking Iron Man? Or why is this beef happening? And you actually see it in the trailer, the newest trailer is released. We see Bucky pull a gun on Cap on on, on Tony Stark, mm-hmm. and Tony Stark luckily somehow has a piece of his Iron Man suit on him because he's he's definitely. OCD as fuck. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And he keeps that piece of armor on him that he was able to power out to not get shot. You know what I mean? Yeah, you try to shoot me point blank, I'm going to try to kill you too. Yeah. I mean, it's legit. So I'm watching all that and just seeing the teams on who is, who's on whose side. And it's kind of awkward because you see Iron Man and the way the trailer's set up, you like it looks like a shadow cat. I call her Shadow Cat, but it's not yeah, Shadow Cat. It's what's her name? The the one the Black Widow. Black Widow. I keep yeah. calling her Shadow Cat because Shadow Cat and X Men were the same exact outfit. Yeah, yeah. All right, but <laughs> Black Widow, you know, she she's like telling Iron Man, "You need to watch your back." But then you see the trailer where they're all running toward each other, and she's on Iron Man's side. See, part of me wonders if maybe like she starts off on on Iron Man's side, and maybe after that battle, she swaps side because his arm is broken in yeah. that scene. So I have a feeling that might be post. Yeah, that that, that scene, like that scene where you see him rush on each other, that's got to be midway through movie. Maybe that's what it feels it like. Be. It feels like it's midway through movie. Yeah, because there, there's something after it's after some major event. Because Iron Man has a black eye. Yep, he has a black eye when he calls down Spider Man. Okay, he calls him Underoos. Yeah, which is all right. I dig it. That's fine. That's Iron Man. How he is, mm-hmm. I'll take it. I have. I'm taking major issue with Spider-Man. Yeah, so let's talk about it. So we're, we're at it. So you start. What, so your what, what are your issues with Spider-Man? My issue with Spider-Man is that unfortunately, Marvel, you had a movie come out. You had a movie come out a month and a half ago that just set up. Not even it was a month, month and a half. Was it a month ago? Right. All right, but it set the standard on how comic book people should look. Well, let's be fair, okay? How? Deadpool. I'm be fair right hold now. on, wait, please. Deadpool. The Deadpool in the action sequences is still a CGI character. I understand. All right. But the so, suit looks great in CGI. It does. So, all right. So the, here's my reaction to the Spider-Man suit. When I first saw it, I was not impressed initially. Because when I first saw it, I saw it on my phone on a screen about, you know, I, I have an iPhone 6S, so whatever that size of that screen is. But so I really didn't – I looked at it, and it felt cartoony. It felt bland in some respects. Um, it looks extremely cartoony. It, it sticks out. Yeah. I, I, it it was very bright. Um, and Because and, for me, I actually think the best Spider-Man costume is in Amazing Spider-Man 2. I really, like, was that blue and red? No. Well, not the one from Amazing Spider-Man 1, but the one that just came out with Electro. Okay. It, it's a, that was my, my, my favorite version of, of the suit. But 
when I first saw it, not impressed. Now, I've rewatched the trailer a number of times, and I've rewatched it on my TV, and I've rewatched it in high def. The suit has a lot more nuance than what you actually see in the when you see it on a small screen. Uh, there's a lot more detail in um, there's a lot more detail in the costume than what it looks like at first. There's like for example, the eyes can now squint because they have like it's kind of like the idea of like a like a like a telephonic lens, you know, where the I'm lens. Can not change. sure I feel about that. There's. <laughs> Uh, there's actually stitching in the costume, which makes you, leads you to believe it's more cloth than like the latex rubber kind of stuff that we've seen in past Spider-Man films. Who's playing Spider-Man? Uh, it's a new guy. I can't remember his name. Uh, Is it a kid Spider-Man? Because he sounds Tom, like a child. Uh, Holland. I think it's Tom Holland. And he's not like a child. Well, that's the idea. They want to go with it. They wanted him to be young. They want him to so be. So you so you want to see Captain America beat up kid. Spider-Man. I know, right? Well, apparently, though, they wanted him to be very young. And um, now this guy, Holland, though, apparently he is a trained gymnast. So a lot of the flipping around and the all the stunts are done by him because he actually has uh, – he actually has – yeah, Tom Holland. He actually has a, a training in those kinds of things. And that's part of the reason why they hired him because they wanted someone that actually knows how to move uh, like – Spider-Man, so that's kind of cool. But after looking at the, looking closer at the costume and seeing that you know this costume does have origins in the comic books, that it had, uh, apparently it's based a lot off of Alex Ross's old work in the comics. And if you look at some of the old 1960s comics, it's very reminiscent of, of that. So in that respect, it grew, it grew, actually grew on me. But at the same time. I don't know. I, I, I'm still. I, I want to see it before I cast too much judgment on it. I want to see how it plays in the movie. It might actually turn out to be pretty good. I, I don't know. I'm gonna have to sit back and uh, I'm gonna have to just see how it plays out because it's definitely it, that CGI suit is a bit much. And I, I looked. I went on my phone and under independent. Um, there's a website www.com um, independent CEO dot um, UK. They have the director from James Gunn. Is he the director for this movie? No, the Russo brothers are the director of this. Okay, movie. James Gunn is the director of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. He said that um, Tom Holland is to Spider Man what Heath Ledger was to Joker. You know, and he did say some other things like if one of those people slightly worried about the CGI enhancement suit could ruin a little things, then the director of Guardians of the Galaxy is here to calm those nerves. So I guess he's there just to. Let us know that hey, it's the best Spider-Man by a country mile. It's his own thing. He is a Spidey as down as as homeboys to Iron Man and Joker and Pratt. So apparently, this guy he's he's raving about how great he is and how he's doing a really good job at Spider-Man. Well, I, I, like I said, I'm, I don't I don't want to be too hard on it. I want to wait and see the movie. But I will say this: I did like I liked the one-liner. He was like, hey, guys. Like, a lot of people were hating on that, but that's very Spider-Man. Spider-Man would show up in the middle of a battle and just casually be like, what's up, everybody? That's, Sp- that's a very Spider-Man I think, thing. I think that would it would definitely um, it would fit in with the Spider-Man, knowing the fact that he's a child. Well, he's not a child. He's, he's a, a teenager. teenager. All right, so, yeah, he's a teenager. So he doesn't... But they, all the Spider-Men have been teenagers. I understand that, but usually they're a little older teenagers. This teenager looks like he's a little on the younger side of teenagers. He's probably the same age as Tobey Maguire or uh, ah, Andrew Garfield. Ah, ah. Oh, Andrew, maybe Andrew Garfield. Tobey Maguire, he was a little bit older. Yeah, but even still, I mean, 
They, like Spider-Man has always been young. Toby was so, a bit older, but I mean, I I understand that. That would make sense for Spider-Man to come and say, "Hey guys," because he's a teenager and he doesn't really understand sometimes the gravity of situations well, when they're happening. And that might actually be interesting because now Captain America is probably going to think twice about because how's Captain America going to feel about beating up on a teenager? Right. Because everyone that they fight is an adult or older, and now Captain America has to wrestle with the idea of, do I really unleash on this kid? You, you know, know and, and, and or do and, I mentor him? You know, I mean, it's gonna be interesting because I've never really read the Civil War uh, okay, comic so, book so strip, the, but um, it's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out with Spider-Man joining the fray, and you know, and and all while I'm thinking like, while all this is happening, where's X-Men at with this? All this happening. Well, actually, so again, because of, because Fox owns X Men, <laughs> well, that's what's what's really kind of crappy about this whole thing. Like, the Civil War comic book brings in every single character in the universe because it's a major it, event. It is now for the most part, the X Men do sit this thing out because there's another another set of X Men comics where they actually had X Men versus Avengers because the X it's but basically the X Men are kind of in the peripheral right now in this portion because they've been kind of uh cyclops cyclops kind of went on the offensive against humanity because he his daughter was under threat by the avengers so he kind of took on more of a magneto kind of thing huh so they were so defeat- it'd be older but it wouldn't even make sense it wouldn't even make sense to put them together because the cyclops are using in the cyc in the Marvel in the Marvel movies right now is kind of a younger one. Well, keep in mind it's also in the eighties too. They're two different time air times. Jesus Christ, but, Marvel! But don't blame Marvel. That's Fox. See, you got to get your Marvels. There's 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 Marvel Studios, which is Marvel, and then there's Fox with Marvel properties. But still and, Marvel. The name Marvel still with us, and it's, it's the world of connecting it, universes. These are not no, they're not connected because Fox is not connected to. But Marvel's connected in the comic books. They are, am I right? In the comic books, but we're not. Talking, and that's what we're, we're talking, talking about. the film. The films, though. Now, but let me get back to what I was saying. <sighs> so in this, in the Civil War, the X Men are kind of on the the mutants are on the kind of on the peripheral right now. So there's not a whole lot of involvement there. Uh, but every other character in the Marvel pantheon is involved in Civil War in some respect. Now, unfortunately, because uh, infor- uh, Marvel doesn't have ownership of the X Men, the mutants right now, they aren't. They don't get to play. They don't have the Fantastic Four, so they don't get to play. Which, Thank God. Which, by the way, Sue Storm and and uh, and Reed Richards have a huge role in the Civil War comic book. But again, they don't, they don't have property to Fantastic Four, so they're not involved. That sucks because those yeah. actors would pretty would be pretty good. Because yeah. I I have not seen the newest Fantastic Four movie. I'll wait for it to hit Netflix. Yeah, before I watch it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But everybody that told me it's like when everybody told me that the the movie was bad because the script was bad. Right. No one said the movie was bad because the actors did a bad job. Fair enough. They said the script was shit. Right. So the um so they they don't get to pull from those characters obviously now in Civil War. Hulk is up in Planet Hulk, so that's why he doesn't show up. He's not there. Thor is actually dead, but Tony Stark makes a DNA clone of him in order to try to get him to, to defeat the defeat Captain America. <laughs> yeah, but we, know, but, we, but we know in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, in this particular case, Thor and is going to be is off in the cosmos doing his own thing. And apparently, in the new Thor Ragnarok movie, he's going to connect with Hulk. So that's they're going to have their own kind of thing going on. Um, so. Civil War actually has a lot going on in it. There are a lot of characters, but obviously here, Marvel has a limited number of people. We, I mean, Doctor Strange 
isn't going to be in this film, obviously. No. Because he's not getting his movie. I, I'm, I'm excited for that movie. I am, too. And you see no trailers yet. Yeah. But, so we'll see. Yeah. You know, that will come on down the road. They said this um, movie is going to be two hours and 39 minutes. Yeah. that's uh, It's the longest. It's going to be the longest Marvel film. Yeah. So, but there's a, so there's a lot going on. And, and the Spider-Man, as far as his role in the, in the comic book goes, he actually starts uh, off on the side of Tony Stark. Of course. They all start on Tony's side. Because the... If you don't know about the in, the in the comics, so in the movie, it looks like they're going with the Sokovia Accords UN Registration Act. And there's a very similar act in the comics. It's not called the Sokovia Accords; it has a different name. But it's another. It's a it's a it's a it's a superhero registration act because uh, I don't want again. And another thing, another things escalate because there's a bombing at the UN. Looks like the UN well, gets blown in up. In this movie, the UN gets blown up, but in the comics, it's actually a neighborhood and a school that gets blown up. So that's what cause calls for parents and the 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 parents of the dead of the dead children call like call to have the, the superheroes done, yeah. uh, registered. So Spider Man empathizes with this and he sides with registration. And he actually unmasks himself in front of the media. But as things begin to escalate between Tony's side and Captain America's side, he begins to see that because Tony is doing everything he can to be Captain America. Like I said, he makes a, th- a clone out of Thor. Like, that's the extent he's willing to go to. You can understand, Tony's, I mean, you got to understand, like, like I'm, he, I'm team, I, like, I am team Iron Man on this situation, and I will be. Um, but um, <laughs> that's how it goes down. But you got to understand, Captain America, he's doing this to save his buddy. Well, hold on. In this movie, that seems to be the case. But in the comics... He really does. He's really he, from his point of view. It's a matter of, you know, he grew up in World War II, where this is reminds me of like what Hitler where, Nazis where, where doing. Jews had to not, fully Jews understand were being registered. So he sees it as a as a hey, look, the government should never have this much control of anybody. That's and, legit. And you know, people need to protect their identities. And if they did that from this point of movie, and they did that's like what, that, man, why, I'd be all over why, Captain that's America. Why, like, and, it, this, and it may play out that way. Um, and, but no, when Bucky wants to shoot my boy Tony Stark in the face, I have issues with yeah, this. But. The, to be fair, though, so Captain, so Captain America, you know, from his perspective, this is a, you know, we don't need to be, we shouldn't be being registered. This is not how the government should be. Now, also in the movie arc, I would argue part of the reason he's also distrustful of the government. Let's, if you look back at, we just had um, uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier, where it turned out the well, the, the government the was government Hydra. Was Hydra. So right. you know, there's a lot, there's still probably a lot of mistrust there. You know, I mean. So when you, all the guys you're working for and you think they are, are loyal, to, you know, you're loyal to you, you're loyal to them, and they turn on you, you're probably going to be a little hesitant to be like to register and have them track all your movements and everything because you never know what they're going to do with that kind of authority. Fine. So, but anyhow, so but as Spider-Man begins to see, as Tony Stark really takes some very crude steps, like you saw in this trailer, there's a prison that, or a prison that comes out of the water. It looks like that's where they t- they plan to send the he- the the heroes that don't register. In the comics, it's called the Negative Zone. It's another dimension. Huh. And when Spider-Man begins to see how this is playing out, he so, switches so, sides. So Iron Man makes a portal to another dimension. Yes. What the hell? Slow down, Iron Man. It's a really, it's a really great comic. What the hell? But but he begins. Spider-Man changes his kind of changes his mind. I guess begins, if you're making clones of people and you're sending people to other dimensions, I guess you're a bad person, Iron yeah. Man. You're evil, apparently. Yeah. So that's what that kind of gets forces Spider-Man to switch sides, and he joins Captain America in the end. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Will that if that same if that same arc will happen in the movie where Spider-Man maybe starts off on Tony's side and shifts sides? And then there's a lot of that actually in the comic book, and it looks like it might happen here. Like you said, we saw Black Widow. 
and she's like, "You need to watch your back." So because maybe he maybe he starts going down a dark, like he maybe he's so committed to being Captain America in this film because we see Rhodes looks like Rhodes gets killed. Uh, who? Uh, uh, Iron pa- Iron Patriot or War Machine? Yeah, him. looks like he might get killed. Which he might, might get that killed. That might send. Tony. If he gets, if War Machine gets killed, dude, I swear to well, God, I'm saying, that that might be that what causes Tony to go down the dark, the really dark path, and I'll be, and I won't blame the guy either, yeah, and gets, and he starts getting people to like, maybe side with Captain America. So I, I'm excited about the film. I've been excited for a long time. Sounds like you actually have a very strong interest in the film. I'm strongly rate. interested. Spider Man yeah. thing. I'm reserved on it. Yeah. So I'm reserved on it now because it's giving me intrigue that. I could finally wrap my mind around to, and I could compare it to real life. You know what I mean? I always when I watch these Marvel films, I didn't feel I can't prepare to real life because it's look at the superheroes. You know what I mean? That's why I've always drawn more to Superman, Batman because they kind of do a better job of picking it, making you actually feel for the characters. I still understand that perspective. It's true, man. We're gonna, I'm it. gonna let you believe that, and that's how it's gonna go. But I, I would recommend at a very minimum if you haven't seen it already, check out see Captain uh, Captain America Winter Soldier because I think it, the Russo brothers are the ones that also directed and wrote that film. And the other ones that are directing and writing in this film, and they're going to do Infinity Infinity War. So I, I think if, you, if uh, to get a true appreciation of this movie, I would at least recommend that you see Winter uh, Winter Soldier. Okay, because I think it'll they're they're pretty much a direct sequel minus Avengers: Age of Ultron, which happens in the interim. Which I think is going to play into this as well because I think. Well, they're going to mention it because you see in the trailer they're saying like, hey, remember this? Hey, seen this? I think Tony, another part of his major motivation in this is that he has to live with the fact that he almost built the thing that almost destroyed the the world. And I think Tony is like at the point now where he's like, everybody needs to rest here because even I need to be in check myself. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because I can't. I thought thought I was doing right for the world. And Tony, unfortunately, your track record has proven that you are... You make bad decisions. You are a very bad decision maker. Yeah. You made out 8 million Iron Man suits. You <laughs> you, <laughs> you disregarded your power cord as slowly killing you, but you disregarded it anyway. <laughs> until some... Until... Um, what's the name? Uh, I forgot dude's name. Nick Fury had to talk you out of it. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, come on. And Tony, you've had a terrible track record with this, Tony. But he's... I, I've heard rumor that Chris Evans, mm-hmm. this might... He's thinking about... Leaving? No, actually. Well, so this is. This I'm hearing is, rumors on. All right, so this, thing. this podcast so, lasts a little longer than it needs so, to. But this yeah, is no. definitely some stuff well, I heard. Some right. scuttlebutt I heard. So here's the thing: they're con- like Chris Evans himself. Does he's actually been very vocal. He wants to stay on. He'll play Captain America as long as they want him to. But their contracts, they're only contractually obligated to do I think like three or four films. Um, like for example, uh, uh, who plays Tony Stark? Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. His he's actually only contractually contractually obligated to do one more film, and that's worth. And we're, everyone's wondering, is it going to be event because Avenger because Avengers Infinity War is going to be two movies, or that, that's that's going to be two movies. So people are wondering if he's only contractually obligated to do one more film, is he going to be in part one or part two? Does Civil War does this count? Now it sounds like he's had a change of heart, not a change of heart, but he sounds like he wants to continue on. Like I think there's even been rumors that he made want be willing to do an Iron Man four. Um, Please don't. Chris Evans now again same situation. He's contractually ob- after this movie he's contractually ob- did contractually obligated to do one more film. And again it, people are wondering is that Infinity War one or Infinity War two? How's that going to play out? Uh, Chris Evans, not Chris Evans, um, plays Thor. Chris uh, yeah. Hemsworth. He's got one. He's only contractually obligated for one more film after this. So contracts. We don't care. 
No, man, I care, man. I love yeah, Thor. He's all right. But at any rate, so these contracts are running up, and that's kind of what it boils down to. Now, it sounds like Chris Evans is, loves the character. He's excited for it. And he's excited. On he is Captain America. He is Captain America. And he's excited for where it's going. So he wants to stay on board. And I think if he wants to be in the movies, he's going to be in the movies. It, it's, uh, same thing with Robert Downey Jr. Downey is Iron Man. Yeah. If, forever. If, if Robert Downey Jr. wants to continue to make more movies with Marvel, I guarantee you they will find a way to extend forever. his contract he's or, fine. or give it to him. Same thing with just about anyone else for that matter. Um, I think other people there. You get there's other moving parts like other than like the major names like like I said like Downey and Chris Evans. I think even Black Widow, she's kind of instilled herself as a permanent like thread in right. that series. Like you have to be that person. Right. But I think anybody else, you could probably interchange them. Sure. You know because they're they're people aren't attached to them as right as they are to those, those three characters. Yeah. Those three characters, you're attached to what they do. How they are and how they look well, and I how think, they and, feel, and I think what they're trying to do in the meantime, until Marvel figures out what the contracts, how the contracts are going to work out, I think they're trying to save them because I think Marvel knows that people are feel people are connected to Iron Man, Captain America, Black Widow, Thor. Those are the big and and, and, and Hulk because those are, those are the main. Well, ones. see Hulk now. Hold on, but those are those are the main ones, and I think that. What they're trying to do is, okay, look, we've only got we we know in writing we only have one more contract or one more movie with each of these people, so we're gonna save them for maybe Infinity War Part Two, the climax of the of the other two movies. So we'll see how it works out. That's really weird if you're gonna do a part two because then what? Well, episode one's gonna be what? Well, that's well. I don't know. This is, I know. That's I, I, be I too have much. My, I have my theories it's too on much. it. I have my theories on We're it. We're falling in too much. I right have. Now. I have my theories. I think we can say that from their podcast, but because I have, my, I, have, I have some theories on how I think Infinity War will play out. But at any rate, I, I'm excited to see where the franchise is going. I, I like I mean, the Russo brothers have done magical things with the Captain America franchise. I, I'm really excited to see what they do with Infinity War. And if I had a wish, my wish would be that Marvel and Fox could work out some kind of agreement. So we could pull in the X-Men characters for Infinity War. Because in Infinity War, Wolverine is there. Cyclops is there. Um, Storm is there. Uh, maybe Storm's not there. But Wolverine and Cyclops are definitely there. Hulk is definitely there. And even though they share him with Universal... They but you're talking about, like, oh, again, this Wolverine will have to be a different Wolverine. Because Hugh Jackman says he's going to do one more film. That's true. But I think, if, I think if Marvel and Fox came to Hugh Jackman and said, look, we are doing Infinity War. It's going to be the biggest superhero movie ever would you do it i think he would do it because it wouldn't require him to be like he would like wolverine in the in infinity gauntlet was, he's wearing his old school right yeah but in, in infinity in wolverine and in infinity gauntlet was a part of that story but he wasn't like a main main character like he was there to fight and he contributed but i think i think like it would require hugh jackman to show up maybe for maybe a, like, a couple of scenes, a couple of weeks done. of shooting. When yeah, shoot, make be out. Make, which make, go ahead and make some money. Yeah. Be out. Um, so I, I, I would. That's that would be my wish. My wish would be for them, for Fox and Marvel to come up with a deal which would allow them to pull those characters in. Fantastic Four. They're involved. The Thing is there. Um, so that would it, to me, it would make that. That would just make that whole movie, this, or two movies, so much more epic. But all right, folks, we are at an hour and 11 minutes. Man, we had a lot to talk about tonight. Yeah, we literally started with, like, just, what was it, five topics? Six topics? Five topics. Yeah. And it's what we, it's what, no, you threw that sixth one in because you talked about Zoe's. I did. I wanted to mention Zoe's because yes, I, I had to get that in there. Um, but anyways, folks, hey, we're going to be on a week and a half hiatus. I have to go out of town for work. 
but we'll be back. Uh, in fact, our our next podcast will be to review Batman v Superman because I get back on the twenty second, and Batman v Superman opens on Friday the twenty fifth, which means Saturday night. If you're available, we we can podcast Batman v Superman. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, try sounds sound a little, try not sound so excited about it. It's like we said a week and a half, man. <laughs> you just had a week and a half. Like, we're no celebration in this shit. It's like, dude, I'm used to this. I'm on pace. I'm in rhythm. You know, I mean, my people at my job know I'm in rhythm of this. So it's like, getting used to doing it. And it's like, I'll take a break. No, no, no. I was saying, don't try to be a little more excited about the fact that our next podcast is Batman v Superman. Oh, I don't want to, I, I don't want to gush about that movie. I don't got time to talk about all that. You know, you want to talk. You know, you're, you're you know, I love it, it dog. It, you know, you're screaming to talk about that film. Dude, dude, I saw a new trailer, dude, and I saw Batman had a look on his face. He's like, Bring it. And then Superman just grabbed him and threw him through the building. That is great. Like, Batman just got cocky. That was awesome. All right, folks. Hey, look, we, we enjoyed being here tonight with you guys. Uh, have a blessed week, and we'll see you in two weeks. Thank you guys much. Keep watching. <laughs>